Uh, thank you. I have been working on it just a little bit. Oh, good. Rely on me to supply your needs from now on. Hey, everyone. Something. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Trevor's busy talking about 1980s TV shows. It wasn't the 80s, it was the 90s. Oh, yeah. You're a young and aren't you? I'm much younger than you. Like 17 years younger or something? Ish. I think it's 18 now. Yeah, so you're what, like 10 or 11? <laughs> no, no response? No, I'm I'm not going to tell you my age. Oh, okay. It might... On the record? On the record. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, Off um, the Crossbar Rail Salt Lake Podcast. We're here. It's it's me, Matt. And I'm here with Trevor. Yes. Uh, Jason and, is again. And nobody and, else. Yeah. We're not angry. We're just... We're just a little disappointed. <laughs> That's alright. We'll uh, we'll get by as this twosome. So, uh, Trevor... <laughs> yes? Nothing. Nope. Did, did, did you watch the match? I, this time? I think I did because I was there. Oh! It was a home match. Yeah. And you actually watched this? I did. Oh. I do. Oh. I do. I'm glad you have a higher standard for away matches than a, for, for home matches than away matches. I do. Yeah, well, just be glad you're still on the podcast with your lack of game I watching miss, sometimes. I missed two games. Yeah, and that's enough to get some flack. All year. Yep. Well, what do you expect? Uh, about that. Anyway, no. we uh, <laughs> we beat Colorado 5-1. We did. Which was nice, I guess. Uh, it's always nice. Yeah. We set uh, a couple records that game. Did we? For goal scoring. Yeah. It was our fastest three-goal period and our fastest four-goal period. Yeah, and not surprising. And I think it was the fourth ever victory by four goals or more. Yeah. Trivia. One team we beat by four goals or more. Twice. Who is it? New England? Yes. i kind of hoping you wouldn't get that, but... <laughs> Why? Because then I would know something that you didn't know. Oh. That's all. I just, I want to feel smart. I understand. I want to feel smart all the time. (laughs) Luckily, it's not a problem. (laughs) Oh. I should should edit that out so I seem more humble, huh? Nope. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, you would seem more humble if you edited it out. But if you did that, if you actually edited that out, then nobody would know. How humble you are. Oh, that... So, I have we're going to gonna leave it in so that you say... Oh, yeah. I'm a humble guy. How can I be more humble? I know. I should edit that out. But we have a rule. No editing. That's true. Uh, there are... Actually, we have edited before. But not very often. Yeah. And it was because we accidentally pressed record before we wanted to. Was that what it was? I think so. Yeah, it totally was. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you said something terrible again. No, I don't think we've ever edited out anything that I've said. Oh. That's a surprise. A little bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should have. <laughs> that dirty sock joke. Hindsight is definitely twenty twenty. I'm actually pretty happy we haven't edited any of it out. Me too. Because our fine listeners get to listen to you say these ridiculous things. It's not, I'm not the only one. Don't look at me. No, no, you're the only one. Like, I'm the only one saying inappropriate things. Alright, Jason too. And you. I did make that cool joke once. <laughs> that was a good joke. 
It was. It was a really good joke. I'm not going to tell it again. You can go back through our archives if you want to hear it. It's near the beginning of an episode. Like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I thought it was like six weeks ago. No, oh, maybe. Who knows? It all blends together. Time's a continuum, etc., etc. Time's a flat circle. As opposed to a uh, three-dimensional circle, which we call a sphere. So, never mind. I'm not going to get into that argument. That is the type of argument that I'm trying to not get into anymore. What argument? That you can call a 3D circle a sphere. You can't because it's actually not a circle. It's a sphere. There's two things. We're talking about a circle and we're talking about a sphere. Yeah. And they are not the same. Oh, I agree. That's why I said something. Okay. That's, I was laughing because he called it a two-dimensional circle, which is you know, the only type of circle you can have. Yes. You can't have... But then you, you A one-dimensional circle is just a point. <laughs> a three-dimensional circle is a flat plane, I guess. And it's not actually three-dimensional. Yes. There's Anyway, it has no depth or height or width, depending on which one you want to use. What, a circle? Yeah, yeah well, it's got an X and a Y and no Z. Yes. Sort of like my chromosomes. Uh, hopefully. Not till they invent the Z chromosome and I can become a superhuman something or other. You can become like Lucy. Is that her name? Scarlett Johansson in, in that movie where she... Oh, I thought you meant Lucy the Feral Girl. No. Oh. I'm, I think she was Feral. Who? Adam. Lucille okay. Ball. That's not who you're talking about. <laughs> no, it is. She was Feral. <laughs> she was... Very well-behaved for okay. a feral woman. Speaking of very well-behaved players, uh, let's talk about Sebastian Jaime and his yeah. role in that 5-1 win over Colorado Rapids. You mean his goal? It was not a goal, Trevor. Or it's not his goal. It was his goal. We, we discussed this before the podcast. And before you, the podcast, I specifically said, I'm not mentioning it on the record, that I think it might not be his goal. It's definitely his goal. He got it. I saw it. I had a better angle than that camera angle. I don't think that's actually true. You know where my seat is. I do. I know exactly where your seat is. And it's right straight down the line. I could see it. Jaime hit it. You think Jaime hit it. But I'm really, sure. on a super advanced <laughs> technological replay, uh, it, it does look like it came off the back of a Colorado Rapids player. Deflecting it out of the path, which was already on, you know, on goal. I will accept the goal. That Jaime hit it into the defender who put it into the goal. Oh, well, I'll that's not that. the case, though. Yeah, I'll accept it. It's close enough. Jaime's goal. Jaime got robbed. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, moving on. Jaime had a lot to do with a couple of goals. Yeah, I think he actually had a lot to do with all five goals. Uh, that's an argument actually made by, I believe it was Garth Loggerway on ESPN 700 yesterday, two days ago. Um, yeah, he would make that argument. And and there's there's you know a kernel of truth to it. That that was not me going. Yeah, he'd make that argument. <laughs> no, he he would. And he's not probably not wrong. I'm trying to remember the role that he played in all the goals. All right, first I can goal. specifically remember two or three that he definitely had a good role in. The the first goal he. Picks up the ball on the left flank. That was the winger goal, right? No. Not the winger goal. The one where winger put it down the line and then yeah. Jaime got to it. Yeah. And then it bounced around and grab a boy, backheeled it to Plata. It wasn't even a backheel. It was like a little sumptuous roll. You're, it was a backwards pass. An Illinois roll. It's a, it's a sushi thing. 
Okay. It's like it's like the California roll, but a little more midwestern. A little bit less food, and more soccer. Uh, more corn, I think, would be in an Illinois roll. <laughs> Probably. Do they grow corn in Illinois? That is, yeah, I'm sure they do. You know, the number of Midwest states I've been to is one, uh, two, two. Did Miz- you land somewhere? Missouri and Kansas. Really? Well, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It was Kansas City, so. Yeah, no, I, I I put that together, but it it surprises me that you haven't been to the middle of the United States. The world's most boring place? I'd rather be in the Gobi Desert than the Middle West, Midwest. Historically speaking, that's a lot more interesting than the Midwest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my argument. I'm sticking to it. No, I'm, I'm not debating it. I've been through the Midwest a number of times, and it is as you described. Boring is all get out? Yes. Generally mm-hmm. speaking. You know what wasn't boring? Sebastian Jaime. <laughs> so, no, he, he was really good. So the first goal, yeah, he collected the ball on the outside of the box, kept possession, passed it around, then eventually yep. got to Winger, who passed the driveway, passed it to Plata, and scored. Yeah, beautiful. All Integral these part little of triangles goal. everywhere. Yes. Lots it of was, little triangles. Uh, it was a geometrician's, geometrician's dream. I think they're just called mathematicians. No, geometrician. Geom... It's geometry, so geometrician. Geomet... Uh, yeah. Geometrist? Geometrician. Ge- geometrist. That, I'm sticking to it. Okay. G-E... Geologist. Geometrist. Right? Uh, sure. Yeah. That settled. Anyway, second goal. What was the second goal? Uh, the second goal was the Javier Morales goal, made possible by the run of Sebastian Jaime. I would never deny that he had a very substantial role in that goal, even if he didn't really touch it. Um, okay. Uh, Live denial all you want, Matt. I'm going to deny it forever. <laughs> this is my new, uh, new, uh... I don't know what word you're looking for, can I don't either. Um, grassy knoll. There, okay. I'm looking for the shooter on the grassy knoll, and it's not Sebastian Jaime. It was Javier Morales. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Javier Morales shot first. It's not what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, and Jaime shot second. Done and done. Okay, uh, so third goal, what did we have? <laughs> uh, that was the shooter goal, wasn't it? Yes. That wasn't really Jaime, was really it? I believe he was instrumental winning that corner, actually. It wasn't a corner, it was a free kick. From was, like 35 yards out. Was he fouled for that free kick? I kind of doubt it. Anyway, he had something to do with that plant <laughs> there, according to uh, Garth Lagerway. Who's never wrong, so... I don't country. think he's ever been wrong in his life. Probably not. Post-law school, at least. Well... Law school teaches you to never be wrong. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <coughs> if you go to law school, you're never wrong again. I should go to law school. I know. And then you can put Esquire on your resume and not feel kind of dirty about it. Mm-hmm. It's not like a term that they you know have any say in so you put esquire on there now but anyway not a great idea uh, you'll be found out pretty quickly do you think you can get a the esquire title if you go through clown law school i don't know what the qualifications are for the esquire title is clown law school even a thing don't think so is it at all like maritime I'm, law i'm not gonna say it definitely is not a thing well that's good but you're not 100% on this one? I'm You're probably not right then, sure. actually. 
So, Sebastian Jaime, clearly very good. Uh, Third goal. Hey, fourth goal. What's the fourth goal? we got to get there. We only went through three. Oh, uh, that's the Joe Nasco own goal. That's right. And was that a, the final pass, the final thing? Was that from Jaime? Or was no, that, that was Javi. Javi. That pass came to Javi from Plata? No, Plata's on the far side running in. I believe it came from Jaime, actually, on the left flank. It could have, yeah. Uh, Jaime winger that was Javi, That was the actually. one where Jaime almost, Triangles. It almost got over the line, but he like just barely kept it in past back to it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that was definitely Jaime. And the fifth goal was Salcedo's. Yep. And, yeah, Jaime was definitely involved. Yeah. I don't think so, but... Oh, he was involved somehow. He was on the field. But... Was he on the field? No, I think he was subbed off by that point. No, he was still on by that point. Yeah, no, you're right. I know. <laughs> I know. I wrote about it. I had to look it up. Uh, but for his second game, I think he actually, like, he fared considerably better than I would have expected. He didn't look lost, ever. But he knew exactly where he needed to be all the time. No, yeah, that's right. That was the big difference that I noticed from the first time we saw him to this time. Was the first time it seemed like he just wasn't on anybody's page. Yeah. They pass right as he's going left. Um, you know, and that happened probably six or seven times. Yeah, and a few that, times at least, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm exaggerating. A handful of times. There was almost zero instances of that yeah. this game. Everybody was passing to where he was running. Uh, he was making the runs that everybody expected him to make and um, made the passes that people were asking for and expecting. So, yeah, he, he didn't look not on the same page, which is what I was worried about. I thought he might have some more of that, and I didn't yeah, see it Yeah, and that all. wouldn't be surprising. That's that's a thing that happens. Yeah, and, and this game he didn't. Next yeah. game, he might still. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still not knew. a done deal. Uh, Colorado Rapids clearly gave him a little too much space, as well as everybody. Yeah. Um, and that, that really, I think, sounded the death knell for them. Yeah, they, they were... They just let us play, which is shocking. Uh, it was not what you would expect from a Masquerade-led team, um, but really the impetus was all on us. So, I don't know. No, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, think if, if... They didn't impose themselves. They really didn't. After the first I, But I'm minutes. trying to think if that was like a tactical decision, or if it was just because they just weren't good enough. I I think the coaching might just not be good it, enough. It, probably the coaching. Yeah. I uh, gotta feel like it is. When you have a player like, say, Mari, who's yeah. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, looking distinctly average, playing 90 minutes. Well, I mean, yeah. Over the course of the 90 minutes, he was not great, but he did have a fantastic Oh, game. yeah. But, but like... But, no, yeah, they, they have a lot of players that... Deshaun Brown. I think are not is, performing up to their potential. Deshaun Brown certainly isn't. He's actually... He's uh, top of that list. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I've been looking a lot at expected goals. Uh, you know, one of those advanced analytics... Uh, you Things know. that Matt loves that no, I don't understand. Nec- I don't necessarily I love them. true. It's, uh, you know, it, it's this hypothesis that different areas uh, from which shots are taken have different probabilities of, sh- of you know, success yes right uh so you basically sum up players shots in each section take the you know the like the average goals that would be produced and add them up and there you go there's your expected goals so a lot of math is what you're saying a lot of math but it's pretty simple all told like this is not a complicated metric right um 
Deshaun Brown has a higher expected goal uh, count than he does actual goal count. Uh, considerably higher, actually. And that's unusual? Uh, that that's not, like a, unusual. that's not a good sign. Let's yeah. put it that way. Uh, and some people he's say not, that... He's not scoring as many goals as he should. Is yeah. Basically what that, that and some is. people will say that you know everyone's going to trend toward the mean, and that's you know maybe that's true. I don't... That that's another secondary hypothesis. Uh, I'm not really sure if that's the case. Uh, it hasn't been shown in a way that I find satisfactory. But on the other hand, you have someone like Joel Plata, who I think the biggest strength of his game is illustrated in this way. Uh, his expected goals is like seven, six or seven. It was like maybe it was like seven point six or something. Uh, but it, his actual goal count is thirteen. Uh, and what you have is a player who, one, uh, his shooting accuracy is, uh, among goal- players with five or more goals, is second best in the league, only just behind somebody who I forgot. I thought it was his, because um, I saw somebody and it was a stat guy, I want to say it was Devin Pluyler? Pluer. Pluer? Yeah, yeah, that guy. I swear I saw him tweet something, uh, it was about Joel Plata and how, um, like his shot... Accuracy is ridiculous. Like, he takes a number of shots, and a very high percentage of his shots are on goal. Yeah, 62.5%. And and I think it was an even higher percentage of his shots, or maybe it wasn't, um, but it was another percentage of his shots were that were on goal turned into goals. Yeah. And it was, both of those numbers were, like, it seemed like way above average. Like, exceedingly above average. Yeah. Considerably. It was... Yeah. It's sort of the hallmarks of his play, I think. Now, clearly he's good in build-up plays, you know, good with the final pass. He's considerably better now than he was last season at getting back in the defense and and getting in the right position. Even if he's not going to make a big defensive impact, he's not letting players have a free cross into the box for Kansas City to score their game-winning goal. You going back to that? Yeah. But I mean, that was an instance of Plata not having any real clue about how to defend there. Yeah, um, and and he's uh, you know grown in that way, and he's he's grown as a goal scorer, uh, and it's all this this almost meteoric rise, and it's really almost, exciting to see. Almost meteoric. Yeah, well, you're gonna say almost meteoric. That means I have to bring up his goal scoring record, and you're gonna say, well, it's Toronto, but it is Toronto. Uh, I, that's that's my a argument. little bit of it's a little unfair at Toronto and at Quito where he played before and after Toronto. Yeah, um, his goal scoring was, I mean, appearances to goals. So I'm not really going super analytic. No, Anytime he stepped on the field, field, he was scoring one in eight, one in nine, yeah, one in ten, not good. something like that, which is really bad. I think. And I'm going to say it's Toronto, but my argument isn't based on their play necessarily. No, that plays a role. Uh, But he was he was just unhappy there. He was unsettled. Maybe, but Uh, I mean, there's a reason he went back to Ecuador without telling Toronto. Uh, There were you know there were and remain huge problems in Toronto. But even in Ecuador, he wasn't good. Oh yeah, and I think he was probably at an unhappy stage in his life, and that. Possibly, and maybe it's just because at the things. time he was nineteen, twenty, yeah, just young and not. Yeah, really and once quite you hit like twenty-two, that's when you start to break out. Now he's figured it out, but 
still, from where he was two years ago to where he is now. Oh, yeah. Point is, meteoric is the word I would use on a quick I would say near meteoric. I know you would. Uh, and I think you're wrong for doing that. But I that. think it's, it's because <laughs> when he was brought into MLS, he was seen as this really promising player. He was in the top... He was... One of the top 24 under 24 his first year in the league. Was he? Did you look that up? Yeah, I was reading about, about all that stuff today. Okay. With the new 24 under 24 list coming out. And Plata, of course, featuring at number 7. Which we should discuss, because that would be fun. Yeah, Neil, let's discuss that now, because uh, we can segue uh, perfectly into this. So we're, we're done with Colorado. Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk Winger really out? quick. Okay, let's talk to Winger really quick. Uh, Winger got a lot of flack for that game. I we'll made a, a little point. bit. I made a point in the game, during the game, to point out to you that the goal came off of his turnover. It came like as, six passes after his turnover. As but. I am wont to do whenever Winger makes mistakes, so at least this season. Yeah. I usually point out his turnovers. Yeah. Uh, especially if I if they're in not smart places. Yeah. And the turnover that he had was not a good place for a turnover. That's true. I and agree. we talked about it after the game, and... Just before we recorded this, and you are probably right. I Yay! Probably, probably. Oh, <laughs> definitely. No, I, I absolutely positively. <coughs> there's a lot of things that could have done better. Winger could have done better. Salcedo could have done better. Yeah. That the rest of the defense that Ramondo could have done better. Yeah. Um, that didn't, and it was a team team conceded goal. It, it, it was, yeah, it definitely was. But Winger still gave the ball away. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, of note, but it's obviously I'm not blaming Winger and it's not his fault. It's just, if you're talking about where it all began, yeah. it began with the giveaway in the defensive third, and that was yeah. Winger that gave it away. Yeah, that's that's true. And that has happened a couple of times this year. Yeah. That giveaway is one, uh, watching games after that, after that one, you know, for the next three days or something, I tried to pay a lot of attention to left backs. And what they did with the ball in that in those situations, yeah, uh, a lot of the time, and it was a little surprising. Uh, you know, they, they did okay. Um, rather, that part's not surprising. It's not surprising <laughs> that that they did acceptably, but they were okay. But you know, two or three times a game, each left back that I watched just had a, a giveaway from that position where he just lo- tried to launch it down the flank. Was this? MLS left backs, or is this just a mixture of MLS, just a mixture. EPL, yeah, it's whatever a soccer was on? Yeah. Okay. And just whenever I was watching, I just I tried to pay attention to that. And that's that's something I noticed. Okay. Now, some left backs are clearly better at not giving the ball away there than others. Uh, but Colorado had a, a very good high-pressure setup there. Yes. And why they didn't was... continue that after their goal was kind of a mystery. Is it, I mean... That's, and I know that's I'm me shrugging my shoulders. Here. You guys can't see it, but I just shrugged my shoulders pretty hard. It's I, just a I little weird. Uh, you'd, you'd think in a situation like that, when you're in the lead, you'd want to protect it by doing the, exactly what made you successful in the first place. Instead, well, yeah, and these guys just sort of backed off and let us play, and then we scored three in five minutes, and it was all done. There's, it was two, just like a lapse two and of thought. too long of a lapse. Or maybe there's more schools of thought. But no, there, there are only two. two. It's a bifurcated universe here. <laughs> there's two schools of thought. One is if you get the lead against a team that's obviously superior to you, you bunker down and just defend. That is Which certainly a school of thought. and it's uh, Has been done You by, might call it the Mourinho school. You might call it the Mourinho school. You might call it the Jason Christ school. 
I don't think you caught the Jason Christ school. Uh, there was about two years where that's exactly what we did. We would get yeah. away and just bunker for 45 minutes and it wouldn't work. Yeah. Ever. But we kept doing it. Actually, that was last year a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And the year before. Um, actually, and, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. That's one of the things I think we've done. Allow it. We've done really well under Kassar and uh, Weibel. Bunkering? Uh, we've better We're, understood how to manage those scenarios. How to and when to bunker. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, yes. There were games early in the season where we tried to adjust that strategy. We just looked like we had no idea how to. Uh, and it was we looked exactly, you know, actually maybe a little worse than we looked at when we did it under Christ. There, yeah, no, I, yeah, for sure. There's, um, I remember there was one game and it was a Champions League game that Arsenal was playing in like four years ago. And I want to say it was against it could have been against Barcelona yeah or something but I just remember that it was a game that um was not the first time I've ever seen it but it was probably the best time I've ever seen a team defend with two banks of four yeah and it was so well done and it had to be against Barcelona because they just kept passing it around and every time they passed it around to one player that player um, was immediately pressured by just one Arsenal guy, and then the yeah. others dropped that. And they just did the whole the two banks of four idea. I, I, I think I know exactly the match you're talking about. Perfectly. Yeah. It was so well executed. Yeah. And then once they got the ball, they all knew exactly what they had to do to to get into space. and to It was probably the best organized I've seen a look. It, it, it's the best organized I've seen anybody do two banks of four. I specifically remember it for that game. And I'm... Um, Anytime I see a team go into two banks of four or just bunkering, that's the kind of stuff you look for. Yeah. Is organization. And organization and proper movement and, and an understanding of how to play the transition. And and how to and know everybody knowing their role, knowing when one person has to step up and actually yeah. doing it instead of having two people step up and opening up a space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um when RSL bunkered in the past under Christ and at the beginning of the season we really didn't have that at yeah. all. It just wasn't good. I mean, it, it was decent, but it, it wasn't... You could tell it wasn't a focus in training. Yeah, clearly. Okay. And, but when we played... Um, oh, when Borchers got the red card, who were we playing that game? Colorado. It wasn't Colorado. The one now? Was it Colorado? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. In Colorado. Of course. You're right, it was in Colorado. Um, yeah, when Borchers got the red card and we dropped back... That's pretty much what we did, was we dropped back into two banks of four, and it was much better. It wasn't there. Yeah. Clearly there was work to do and improvement. Oh yeah, a little um, bit. But you could tell that at that point in the game, they decided, this is when we need to start bunkering, and we are going to bunker, and everybody has rules and roles, and... It was organized. And, and when he made the substitutions afterwards, yeah, it was substitutions with that in mind. Yeah. The, the two banks of four, and... It, it was the best I've ever seen us do it. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. Still allowed a goal, but it was. Oh, uh, then it really wasn't good. Colorado because that one ended one 0 No, we end. We allowed the goal at the end. I think you're thinking of a different match. Am I thinking of a different match? I think you must be. When did Colorado score their goal? The one 0 No, the, I'm thinking of the one 0 where we beat Colorado. A man down. Oh no no no! We didn't beat him a man down. Yeah. The Borchers red card like three weeks ago. We did not beat them. We lost. Was that Colorado? No, it was Seattle because it was on Martins. Oh. You fool. You were at that game. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I no, I don't remember that game at all. That was an awful game, and I don't want to think about it. That's right. Uh, but anyway, that's the game I'm talking about. And Fortress and, got the red card on and Martins. it finished three two. That's right. We gave yeah. up the late goal at the end. Yeah. But my point is, four bank, four, two banks of four, is what we've been doing, and it was much better. Yeah. And whatever started this whole thing, Weibel and Kassar oh, yeah, much and, better, and Jason and, and, and yeah, and. It's just a distinct shift in approach to game management, I think. That's where it was. Colorado yeah. didn't do that at all. Yeah. and <laughs> they, I, they didn't bunker to protect their lead. Yeah. And they didn't keep pushing to get another goal. Which is really kind of, to, like I said, that's the two ways to do it. And they picked a middle option, which is not keep doing, but also not bunkering, which is the worst thing you can do with the lead. Yeah. Because then you're going to get three goals scored on you in five minutes. Yeah. And, and fourth, I, I was a little later. sad that that weekend Arsenal then scored three goals in like three and a half minutes. <laughs> and it's like, well, we did this great thing and then they come along and they ruin it for us. And yeah, like we, we... Yeah. All the plaudits go away and... No, because somebody better did it better. Huh. Well... Yeah, it was... But, uh... What can you do? Anyway, that's, anyway. The, that's the end of the Colorado... Yeah, I would just say, like, it's Jeff Kassar as a game-managing coach has just grown leaps and bounds this year. Yes. And when we look back and looking at the Supporter Shield standings right now, it's relevant because we might say, like, oh, with, you know, a better approach in X game and if we hadn't, you know, lost X game, we'd be right in the running. We could look at that, but it's... Uh, he's a first-year head coach. Yeah, no, you, there's... And there's you have to learn on the job a little bit. Definitely. I, I know I can think of four games off the top of my head where we dropped a win into a tie. Yeah. We, we lost eight points, basically. Yeah. If we had those eight points, we'd be in the lead by three points yeah. in the supporter Shield race. But, with the most cakewalk of schedules to end the season. And that would be amazing. That would be a but, dream scenario. But again, like... Kassar gets a pass, yeah. I think. It's, it's not lost. even that he necessarily like needs a pass there, because we're still in a very good spot. Yeah. It's that, you know, he, like, it, it lends some levity to the situation. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it, it, at the same time, you can also look at it and say, we dropped, there were, there were three games near the beginning of the season, like three in the first ten, I think. Yeah. Where we dropped points, and it was obvious that we had a problem. Yeah. We didn't have that problem again for a while. Yeah. We didn't drop points for about another, I want to say maybe 10 games. It might be Seattle as the fourth From, one from those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the first 10 games we dropped three, and then the next 10 after that, I don't think we really dropped points in yeah. that, that kind of situation where we're holding a one-goal lead, and yeah. we try to bunker and fail and give up the points. It's true. Didn't really do that. So, Kassar is improving. He gets the beginning of the season... Where you're just going to say, okay, new coach. But he has to improve. And he did. Yeah, he improved more than I think anybody would have expected. And at the same token, if you go back to the beginning of the season, you look at everybody's predictions for RSL, and it was they might squeak fifth. I mean, fourth is great. Yeah. They might squeak fifth and, and get into the playoffs. And if they do, that's a successful season. But yeah. there was a lot of people who said, no, nah, RSL's probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Even with their players and even with... A coach that knows the system, I don't think they're going to. You know what it'll take for us to make the playoffs? One single measly point from yeah. the rest of the season. From the next five games. Yeah. When realistically we should get at least 11. That's three wins, two ties. If we get 15, I'm going to uh, celebrate in the streets. 
And I don't think it's that unlikely. It's unlikely. Uh, it's unlikely. We've got three games on the road, two yeah. at home. Yeah. And even though we've been, for the most of the season, a pretty good road team. Yeah. We, I'd say one of the best in MLS on the road. Yeah. But I, I just hesitate to say that 15 is totally doable. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a 10% chance. All I know is... Is what I would give. I don't know statistically what it actually is, but I would give it maybe a 10% chance of happening. Uh, looking a week ago at, at the standings and seeing that we needed to gain... Like, if we wanted to have a, a, even a shot <coughs> at the Shield, we need to gain 11 points on Seattle uh, to see that cut we, to... We've pretty much done that twice now. Yeah. If we cut this down, this is the second time we've come from... I, let's see, the first time we were... We were down at one point by, was it 11 points off of Seattle? 10. 10 points off of Seattle. And then we lost a whole bunch because they had a couple games in hand that they caught up on. Yeah. And I think it got to like 8 or 9. It was at 11. Was it at 11? Uh, okay. So it went even further. Yeah. And now we're five, to surpass. And now we're 5 points away. Yeah. With so 5 games left. we could go from 10 points to evens to 11 points to evens. Yeah. With Seattle. Twice in one season. It's, so it's certainly possible. I don't want happens. to get anybody's hopes up. Because, again, oh. I don't think it's going to happen at all. I think if we get second place, it's because we're lucky. Yeah. Um, but Seattle is notoriously capable of tanking the last couple of games of the season. Thank you, Mr. Schmidt. Yeah. However, on the other hand, LA Galaxy is definitely not really capable of that. Especially the yeah. way they've been playing the last half of the season. Got to peak at the right time, and well, maybe they peaked early. That's my hope. That's like the last great hope I have. Maybe FC Dallas is peaking at the right time. They play LA. LA oh, Seattle. Yeah, that's right. LA Seattle playing at the end of the season. Like it, it doesn't get any more perfect than this. No, it really, as far as scheduling goes, this is like I said, cakewalk. And it's a dream come true. Six weeks ago, I was talking about how I hated MLS and how it just frustrated me. I didn't really <laughs> hate it, but you know. Oh, you love it. There are points of frustration when you, you know, the parody gets, like, irksome and it eats at me. And now I'm I'm just excited by it again, so. I'm <laughs> like, like when the league keeps uh, L.A. from signing a really, really good player? That Meh. would definitely improve them? Eh. Yeah, screw parody, right? Eh. Let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Also, Bruce Arena got a $20,000 fine for that, which. Yeah, that was pretty good. It's fantastic. That's, uh. $20,000 would go a long way for me. I could buy like $20,000 worth of things I don't need. I could buy like $20,000 worth of tacos. Oh. Which is 20,000 tacos. If you go to the right place. Yeah, like the tailgate lot. I, Do you think they'd I, make you 20,000 tacos? I think I would give them $20,000 and just be like, just keep giving me tacos for Until the rest I of die. ever. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk 2424. Yeah, that's a good idea. And go from there. Okay. A gong gong gong, she been gone so long. She been gong 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 so long. A gong gong gong, she been gone so long. A gong 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 so long. The infamous 24 under 24 list, which is a list of 24 players under the age of 24 by the time the season ends. 
Yes, which is why Fernando Adi was not on it. Um, Much to because, Mayor Paulson's dismay. Yeah. AEO is also dismayed about other things, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Let's just go through the list, shall we? Just, yeah, read it off. Start we're we're just going to start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Yeah. Start at 24. We're going to start at the bottom, and then now we're here? No, now we can get there to the top. I got you. Get here, yeah. Yeah. Was... I made a Drake joke. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. I almost ruined your Drake joke. Yeah. All, all of the unexpected things that have happened on this podcast. That's probably top. Number 24, Russell Tybert. Number 23, Tesho Akendaler. Number 22, Gershon Kofi. Number 21, Olmes Garcia. Let's talk about this for a little bit. Why does Olmes Garcia rank so low on the list? Well, I think that's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. I think so, too. Honestly, I was kind of surprised he got it. I think the only reason he's on the list is because he got a lot more playing time this year. Yeah. And we've seen a lot more of him. His play on the field... I mean, the 24 under 24 list is is a lot of fun, but the thing you got to realize is, or that I I always remind myself is, there's not a whole lot of good players that are getting playing time that are under the age of 24 in MLS. Yeah. So once you get to the bottom of the list, you're not really scraping the barrel... But, I mean, you're picking... These are pretty good players, then. They're, they're pretty good, but, I mean, let's be honest. What has Tybert done this year? I don't remember. Exactly. There's uh, one Daly's not been bad. He should probably be a little bit higher. Um, but Gershon Kofi is another one that I think should be higher. I think he's been a very good player for Vancouver. Yeah. Um, but we have to play him. There, there's a couple players on there that, I mean, maybe they might not should be on there. Yeah. But again, that that's what you usually get in the bottom is the people who play a lot of minutes, Tybert, yeah. that don't really produce a whole lot. Yeah. And that might just be because they're young and that happens. Yeah, that's part of it. But, uh, now the list is built, you know, by voting from media. Um, yes, they have lots of put media. together a panel. Um, and w- they have to vote on a number of things like potential and current ability and yeah. personality. Which is fantastic. Yeah, whatever that is. I don't even know what a personality is. Marketability. How many shirts are they going to sell? Yep. Uh, (laughs) And that might play into the number one pick, but we'll get there. Oh, no, I definitely did. We're doing a slow reveal, even though you probably have already looked at the list. We don't care. Uh, Old Mesker say then, 21. Solid. Solid. I'll take it. Uh, I think his season has been better than it's looked on paper. It's also been worse in some ways than in last year. Yeah. Uh, what we have well, is, I think, a more... He's scored consi- a lot less goals. He scored year. fewer goals, but Not he's... a lot less. He's more consistent uh, in build-up. He's... More, more intelligent. More intelligent. Uh, he understands the system well. Um, it's just a matter of time for him, I think. he He's a player that will need pretty regular minutes, and I think it's going to be hard for him to, to get those minutes now. Um, but you never know. Okay, 20, Deshaun Brown, who dropped that from last year, right? Probably. I feel like he was, like, top 10 last year. Yeah, he uh, has had a pretty abject season by his standards. Yeah, like, as a player, he's better. But based on this season, he hasn't really been. Yeah. Chalk it up to a number of different factors, but... Yeah, being he, in Colorado, for one. Yeah, being coached by Mastroini is another. Okay, but, He's a good player. 19, Shane O'Neill. 18, Perry Kitchen, who I did not realize was under 24. Still? He's still under 24? He is. He's been in the league a while. Yeah, that's true. 
Okay, four se- years. Seventeen of them. I'm afraid you're going to get really excited about this guy, Harry Ship, who you seem yeah. to be a big fan of. I really like. Harry Why Shipp. do you like Harry Ship? <coughs> Not to put you on the spot. He no. He at the beginning of the season, he was he came in this touted homegrown signing, and Chicago fans were all stoked because they. He was like Chicago's Jossie Zardes. Remember when Jossie Zardes was signed and everybody was like, oh, it's no fair that they can just sign him under the homegrown rule. He should be drafted. He's really, really a good player, and it's unfair that L.A. just gets to sign him. I don't know why it would be unfair, but yeah. Go well, on. it's not unfair, but it's... it's Jossie Zardes was Jealousy. probably the first like real, true, um, good homegrown signing yeah. that a lot of people, other teams, really wanted. You know who mm-hmm. else was on that list this yep. year? Jordan Allen? Yes. But he... Jesse Zard has just had a lot of hype about him. Before he was signed and once he got signed and after he got signed. For an entire season, everybody was like, this guy's going to... He's going to kill it. And he's improved. This season he probably has. I would say he's been killing it. Yeah. Um, Harry Ship was another one of those players that everybody was like, Chicago got a player that is just going to kill it. And I was really skeptical at first. Yeah. Um, he did... Win the championship last year with Notre Dame, mm. um, the college championship. I would love to go there. And he was a big part of that. And then, yeah, they signed him right after that. And he, I thought he came in and just looked like he'd been playing for two or three years in the league already. Yeah. Dropped right in, instant production. And now apparently Yallop doesn't like that he doesn't defend as much, which... We've talked about. Yeah. I get that from coaches that they want their players to be two-way players. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, like, if you've got a player that is producing for you, yeah, you got to let him play. Yeah. It so, is Frank anyway, Gallup. That, that's why I like Harry Shipp. Okay. I think he dropped in as a rookie and has just killed it. Okay. Number 16, Kellen Rowe. Number 15, Matias Laba. Yes. Number 14, Andrew Farrell. Another one I didn't realize was this young. We're, we're going to talk about that. He's, this is only his second year. Of course he's not young. He was a rookie last year. Yeah, but he's a center back, so I always think of him as a... <laughs> he's got a... He's a, a center a back, right? big beard. Yeah, no, he's a big guy. Yeah. I think he... We're going to come back to this, but I think he either plays in the center or as a right back. What are you doing? I'm, I'm looking. You're looking? Okay. Of course I'm looking. I'm pretty sure he usually plays I as am? a right back, but he's like a... Center back playing as right back. Position D. Yeah, defender. Yeah. Are you looking at MLS website for what position he plays? Because uh, that is no bueno. The technical staff staffers say that they think he's a center back uh, and is being played out of position. So on the right hand side. Yeah. Yeah. So right back. You're right. Wow. Look at that. Number thirteen. Another player I didn't realize this was this young, Amobi Akugo, who I've always rated yeah. really highly. Uh. And I yeah. hate to admit it, but it's probably because of football manager. I've signed him like three years in a row, and he's just killed it every time. It's also probably because of Twitter. He's pretty good at Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, funny story, I actually just signed him on my Real Salt Lake save. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's the year 2021, so he's like 31 or something. Uh, and he's still good. He's uh, And he's a utility player. And that's the thing. Like, How many of these players can play, like, genuinely play more than one position? Yeah, can play in the midfield and in the defense, or in the midfield and up top. Or Philly kind of has a lot of those players. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, they've got Adu, they've got Wenger, who's a converted center back playing forward. Um, uh, I, I I agree, but it, that's a, a weird case because he's not 
killing it by any means. He, for a center back, for a player that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people say, no, he's a center back. Yeah. He scored a lot of goals, and he scored a lot of really good goals that center backs are not able to score, yeah. generally speaking. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know about him playing center back, but he's a decent forward. But anyway, they have a lot of players like that. Okubo's yeah. one of them. Number 12, Kikute Mane, a player we'll probably see on Saturday. Uh, almost definitely, I would say. Number 11, Dylan Powers. Yeah. Look at that, another he's probably, a Colorado probably, red. Probably a little high. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Number 10, Bill Hamid. Again, another player he's been involved for so long, it's hard, It's easy to forget that he's that young. First homegrown to 100 appearances. That's fantastic. Good for him. Okay, number... For, for his team, obviously. For DC United. Not for the U.S. national team? No. I think he's had only like six. Yeah. Still not bad. Yeah. Number nine, Will Trapp. Yes. Another promising young player. Very excited about Will Trapp. Number eight, and I'm surprised he made it this high on the list after the season he's had, Luis Gil. Yeah. No, that, that came up today. I don't know if you noticed, but... No, yeah, of course you noticed. There, there was... I don't want to say a spat, but there were words exchanged about the 24 under 24 on Twitter. And, yeah, yes. I definitely think Luis Gill is rated a little bit higher. I think that's kind of a reputation thing. It's reputation and it's potential. Uh, he's yeah. still sti- still seen as having incredible potential. Yeah. And I think rightly so. The yeah, thing no, I, I don't add... disagree. Just for me, it, it goes back to the same thing, that same criticism that I have of Luis Gill. Is that he's been a professional since he was 16. Yeah. He's 20? 21? 21. 21 years old. 21. One of those ages. He's been playing for... He's been getting minutes. Yeah. For three or four years. Yeah, since he was 17. And... uh, 2011. (coughs) When Jason Christ started him as a forward. And you can go back and say... No, that was out of necessity. No no criticism meant. Yeah. And you can go back and you can say, well, he's been playing out of position, so we don't really know his true potential. And that's fine. But at the position that he's been playing, he's been playing there for about a year now. Yeah, and over a year, year and a half now. He's he's good. Yeah, but but Luke Mahon's passed him up. There, there's a couple of players that are better than him. Yeah, not, not I mean around the league. There's there's plenty of players that I think that play his position. Maybe yeah. not plenty. That's probably the wrong word. But there are players around the league that are better than him. Yeah, and that's as a sentence on its own is kind of a silly thing to say because duh. Of yeah. course, there are players better than Luis Gill. But, I, yeah, I think there's it's coming to a point where he's got to live up to that potential. Yeah. And we need to see more of it. And we've seen bits and pieces. We saw it at the Tijuana game. Yeah. He definitely is a he good player. He took over the midfield. And that yeah. was, that we have to see more of that. And that, But that's, that's where my criticism of Luis Gill comes from. I would just like to see more of that. Yeah. And if it's the coach's fault that he's playing him out of position so he's not really able to, fine. Still like to see more of it. Yeah. You, it, our side of the diamond spot has a lot of room for attacking. It uh, does. You have to commit defensively as well. Uh, that's, I think, historically been Luis's problem. He's obviously no, gotten has. better about it. Yeah. Uh, but with that, it's almost like he's lost like the connective aspect of his game. And so he's more exciting. He's more promising. He takes players you know, head-on more. Uh, but he's not playing the simple passes as well. He's not playing the simple game that's just essential. That you see Javier Morales playing week in, week out. And yeah. that's the primary difference. Like yeah. you could play him on the side, you can play him up top. Both positions you have to have that aspect to your play. Yeah. Uh, especially in our system, but I think that's that's a general rule. 
Um, it's been a rough season for him, but he's also looked more capable at the top. So, so it's it's tough. Yeah, I just remember because last season, especially, he scored what like five or six goals throughout the season. Yeah, and this season he scored one in league play. Yeah, he had the one against Tijuana, which everybody does knows. not count. But it's still fantastic. It was good. But I just remember thinking last year, oh, he scored six goals. He's figured it out. Yeah. Playing on the side of the diamond, he's able to, to contribute. To make those late runs. And and, and and maybe it is just because Mulholland's pushed him out for playing time. Maybe yeah. if he does play more in Mulholland, or we don't sign Mulholland, maybe he gets Mulholland six goals this year. Yeah, maybe. But at the same, again, it's just keeps going back to the same thing. I, I want to see that potential manifest itself. Yeah, I, I and don't I, want to keep getting, talking about his potential for the next two or three years. Yeah, we're getting close. In the next two or three years, it's going to be gone. Yeah, I will say he is considerably more magical on the on the flank now than he ever was. Yeah, uh, you can just watch him beat players, day, you know, week in week out oh, yeah. when he plays. Uh, but that's that's only like part of the important aspect of of that spot. It's, that's. Velasquez. I mean, Velasquez oh, is a player that can beat anybody one-on-one. Yeah. On one, and he can well, dribble past most anybody. Yeah. But there's just so many other aspects to his game that aren't, aren't good enough. Aren't there. Yeah. Now, Luis, I, I think, has kid, that but... problem less significantly. Yes. Uh, he can still play the simple game. I think it's just he, he needs to bring that back into his play. And maybe it's a case of forcing it a little bit and trying to become the, the very important magical player. Uh, because we watch players like Javier Morales, who just, you know, for the last six, seven years, have have been really good that way. They've been, you know, essentially taking things on, like, on their back. And I can see that that's something that he wants to do more. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky situation. Uh, he needs to do better. He still has plenty of time this season to make it a, a great season for him. I think a late late impact that that says a lot about him. Yes, we'll it see. Does. Anyway, let's move back on. back to the list. Luis Gill probably should be a little lower, but number seven, Joel Plata. Oh yeah, which old Joey Platter? I think is much lower than I think he deserves. Agreed. Uh, he is a player that is having what some are calling and not like with a lot of controversy a potential MVP candidate yeah like like on the outside obviously but he he's there there of the mvp discussion which usually heats up about this time of the season yeah there are usually about four or five names that are thrown out and three of them are usually pretty serious contenders um oh now i'm trying to think of who they are golly keen is keen one of them who's in the mvp discussion always probably always 15 goals 14 assists yeah and I'm trying to remember who it is, but yeah, there's three players that are usually mentioned. Keen, I'm pretty sure, is one of them. Landon Donovan. Plata is one of them. And I feel like it's somebody from Bradley Seattle. Bradley Wright Phillips. Martins? Oh, the same Martins. Bradley Wright Phillips. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips, Martins, Plata, Keen, and Henri are the ones that are coming up. And Henri, I'm sorry, no. No? They're... Where is his team in the in the standings? Not great. Uh. A they, he has Bradley Wright Phillips scoring constantly. Okay, and that's fine. Bradley Wright Phillips can score 29 goals this season, and they could still miss the playoffs. 
You know who scored a lot of goals and got uh, got MVP last year? I know. Mr. Mike McGee, I who know. turns out is really funny. He's hilarious. I really, I really like Mike McGee, and I, I'm glad I can say that now. I get why Mike McGee got it, and I don't think it was because of his goals. I think it was because of the complete turnaround that happened, not in his game, but in the entire Chicago organization yeah. when he got there. They were garbage last season. Yeah. And he almost got him into the playoffs. It's true. Halfway through the season, he, he had probably 15 games to turn it around. Yeah. And he got him from last place in the East to missing the playoffs by like one point. It's so true. I get that MVP just MVP talk of being an MVP but not getting your team into the playoffs. That makes a little bit of sense. I still don't like it. There was probably somebody that deserved it more last season. Yeah. But... Henri and Bradley Wright Phillips, that's the argument against them, and I support the argument that you can score 30 goals a year, but if your team can't really get you into the playoffs, you're not really... I will I will say they're in the playoffs right now. Are they right now? Yeah, 41, okay. go- 41 points from 29 games. But they could miss out. Yeah, maybe. The East is really up for grabs right now, and if, you're, yeah. if your team they misses could miss, out of the yeah, playoffs... But, but I don't do you think lose that on MVP. MVP talks because... You know, the conference Well, that's 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 the argument. That roundabout? That's the argument. If he scores... If Brother at Phillips scores 30 goals this season, obviously he is the most valuable player for New York Red Bulls. Clearly. I get that. There, there's that argument that for his team, he's the most valuable player. But there's also the argument of being the most valuable player on the best team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I... I'm, I'm more inclined to reward the player that... That leads his team to more victory. Yeah, that that goes further. I, I agree. I'm just well, like I, I, I said, I'm not I'm out. not so adamant against Bradley Wright Phillips, but that's the argument against it, and I'm I'm leaning towards more of that side. But I, Plata, to go back to Plata, yeah. is in that discussion. Yeah, and you're right. He's a little bit on the outside. Yeah, but for him to be on the outside of an MVP discussion, and then seventh on a list of players under the age of 24, is a little ridiculous. Yeah, well, he just he doesn't have the marketability. He's not going to sell a million shirts because he's in a small market. And how much does that have, does that play in? Is your marketability low if you're in a, sh- a small market? I mean, it depends on how you vote, like like how yeah. you interpret these these vague like. And, and again, this is based off a of vote from probably a hundred different people. Maybe if that, that all pick twenty four players themselves and then they just like aggregate it. Yeah. So They're, they actually give rankings for each thing, uh, for each section. I've seen the ballot. Did you submit a ballot? No, no, no. You were not allowed to. No, but uh, okay. I, I have seen a ballot. All right. Well, yeah. Again, for people, national media, I can see why he would be ranked seventh because, again, not in a big team. It's it's the Real Salt Lake effect. Yeah. We're a good team. We do very well every single season. We're doing particularly well this season. Yeah. But if Joao Plata played for New York, he'd probably be number one. Or Seattle or LA. And or I did that. <laughs> Number six, Mara Diaz. Agree. Number five, Diego Fagundes. Also agree. Number four, Gassi Zardes. Jassi, Gassi. I never know. Jassi. Jassi. What I've heard the most. Which that's that's well enough, I suppose. He's improved. Uh, <laughs> three, Fabian Castillo. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's appreciably better than Plata. I wouldn't say he's better than Plata. 
I would say plot has a more complete game, has more potential. Mm, I don't know about Fabian Castillo. Fabian Castillo is just really fast. Gets good goals. He's. I think he's a little bit more than good fast. As yeah. a, here's the thing: as a goal scorer, if you're really fast, that's not everything, obviously. No, but no. that's one of those t- intangibles. You know what I mean? That's not intangible. That's that's tangible. You can tange that. Ta- <laughs> speed is something you can tange. That is, it's. What? How, how? What am I trying to say here? I'm not sure, Trevor. I don't want to say it's something that you can like build a career on, but it, it's something that makes you a better player just yeah, because. Yeah, that's true. It, it may he is well, very Plata's fast. Not, Plata's is not slow by any means. No, he's not. Casillo's faster. He, which he is probably scary. Is, but I'm, and I'm I'm not trying to compare Castillo and Plata right now. I'm yeah. just saying Castillo is, I think earned that spot. Yeah. Because he is a really good player and he does have a lot of potential. Yeah. I think Castillo. If I mean of the people on this list, Castillo is. Probably top three or four of the players that I would expect to not be playing in MLS yeah. in three or four years. Yeah. And not because they like get injured and, and go somewhere. Because they would be making a big move somewhere else. Yeah. Now, if Plotz is six inches taller, do you think he makes a higher position on this list? Do you think he's slated for his height? I, I, I kind of hesita- so. hesitate to say yes. I can, I can see the argument. I think there's a bias against him because he's you know incredibly short. He's five foot two. It's that's really short. I could see that, but at the same time, for me, somebody to score thirteen goals at five foot two, if I'm biased against short people, I see a short person scoring thirteen goals, and I say, "Holy crap!" Yeah, this kid is killing it. He's five foot two. Look at that disadvantage. Oh, yeah. and he's scoring thirteen goals. But, so but that, maybe that's... that plays into potential or like the ability to make it in a bigger league or. The Ramondo effect. Yeah. And yeah, and you, honestly, you Ramondo would be fine there. almost anywhere in the world, I think. He would, but nobody's going to take him. Yeah. And I I mean, think well, Pl- especially now, but oh, yeah. nobody's going to take him because he's 5'8", 9", 10", 5'10". One of those. Yeah. He's, he's sure short for a goalkeeper. He's short for a goalkeeper. Plot is short for a forward. And I think we've talked about this before. That probably plays into our hands. Yeah. Plot can score 20 goals a year, and there's not going to be a lot of places that come calling. Unless he really kills it with the Ecuador national team, and people see him play there, then they'll be like, "Oh, well, internationally he's great." It's funny seeing him post photos with like Eder Valencia, (laughs) and then watching Eder Valencia play on the world stage. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I I think we have a really special player. Let's get get through the rest of the list. We only have two left. Uh, Cuba Torres at number two, which I get it, but that's another these next two. In my opinion, a little bit hype. I think the reputation picks. Number one, DeAndre Yedlin. Yes. Uh, Quite a bit of hype. DeAndre Yedlin, of course, the player who signed for Tottenham, but isn't going to be playing. Through some mechanism is still playing with Seattle, even though he's still well, with Tottenham. back on love. He's, he's I, don't, I, I don't really believe that. Well, they own his rights on well, the I, I know. international stage. But so, and he's been loaned to Seattle. If, if he was purchased by Tottenham and then loaned back to Seattle, MLS broke their own rules. Um, I don't think it's a, something we've ever had to deal with with homegrown players. So, so they made up the rule as they went on. Well, yeah, that's what we'd expect. But what rule would it be breaking to your mind? The the transfer window thing. That deal happened after the transfer window. If he is sold to England, 
which yeah. he could do because they have their own transfer window that was still open. Yeah. And then England then wants to loan him back. Yeah. That's a separate agreement that he then has to resign after the transfer window's closed. I think the loan window's actually longer than the... No, you know, I can't remember when the registration window for loans ends. That's the thing. That That's the question. Is, it's a is there a different loan window or, or not? Um, but the move that I heard somebody talk about, and I think it makes a lot more sense, is that Tottenham didn't sign him at that point. He's not a Tottenham player. Yeah. He is still a Seattle player until he the end of the season. Signed a pre-contract. And then he's, yeah, they paid to allow him to sign a pre-contract with Tottenham so that he will become a Tottenham player next year. Uh, but there are, there are rumors or he'll be January. loaned back to Seattle for next year, too. But again, if they did that in January, that's fine because that's yeah. a new window. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. They, that, they can that, work out that loan if they want. It, it's funny to see like arguments about him going to Tottenham as reason to make the top of the list. But the thing is, he hasn't gone to Tottenham. <laughs> he's signed, he's but under they, some sort of contract. They did pay a lot of money. Uh, and, and that's cool, but but are they, is he ever going to play? We don't know. Yeah. Like, he did pretty well for the yeah. national team, but not as a right back, not in the position he plays in MLS. Yeah. Uh, he's defensively suspect. He's pretty good in the attack, but not great. This is where I'm going to bring up Andrew Farrell again. Yeah. Defensively, how would you think that Andrew Farrell rates up against Yetlin? Considerably better. Defensively? Yeah. Offensively? Uh, Probably not. No, of course not. Okay, overall, who's who's better? Farrell or Yetlin? Uh, I mean, Yetlin got the pick. Forget the 24 under 24 list and forget the contract to Tottenham. I would probably... I, I can't say forget the contract with Tottenham oh, yeah. and forget the World Cup, because obviously oh, yeah. those are big deals, but... I would based strictly on their play, even in the World Cup. Even I would in MLS. probably say Yedlin's better, but by um, a lot. Maybe not by a lot, but we value attack over defense. Um, that's an institutional thing yeah. uh, across most of world soccer, except in that little country that looks like a boot and has that team that plays in pink. Stop. Uh, Although they do have a team that plays in pink. I know, it's, it's awesome. I wish... Uh, we need a team that plays in pink. Real Monarchs could play in pink. Dude. Except then everyone would be making homosexual jokes and thinking they're all funny. And really it would just be kind yeah, of sexist now you, now and now awful. Yeah, say that. Yeah, you're probably right. And then that would be more distressing. But, but anyway, what what place was Andrew Farrell in again? Uh, he, was, he was not high on the list. He was, was like he, 18, 19, something like that. 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's Yedlin. If he's better, and I'll, I'll accept that he's better. I'm not saying Farrell's a better player than Yedlin. I'm okay. saying Farrell's a pretty good player that compares yeah. to Yedlin positionally. Yeah. Is, of 24-year-olds, is Andrew Farrell 13 spots worse than Yedlin? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, that's, I, that's, yeah. If you ask me if I, I wanted Tony Beltran stop. or DeAndre Yedlin, I'd take Tony Beltran every time. But Tony Beltran's also 27 years old. Oh, yeah. Right. And a seven-year veteran of the league. So. I'm not saying he, sh- he should be on the list by any means. Right, right, right. I'm saying, like, like he is not the best right back in the league, despite, you know, and I, I can't blame Seattle fans for thinking that. Like, like no. of course you're going to be biased toward your own team. I think Tony Beltran's the best right back in the league. Maybe he's not. That's okay. I'm trying to be objective here? Yeah. He is. <laughs> I, I think he's easily in the discussion. Yes. Uh, I don't think there's any controversy in that. There shouldn't be controversy. There shouldn't be. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I'm, I'm just 
but somebody's going to come up and say crossing and it's all going to be invalidated because crossing is the only thing a fullback has to do. Yeah. I think crossing is actually the, like the least valuable thing. Fourth or fifth most important thing. Yeah. If that. And it's been negated by our tactical change with our fullbacks this year where they come centrally. Centrally. Yeah. Yeah, Because they're not great crossers. Let's be honest. You know what, what it might be. They never practice, you know, crossing really. Well, they st- that's one thing they started doing in the warm-ups this year, was they started practicing crosses. Yeah, and that's great. But, like, you know what we also don't do this year? Go down the flank and just cross the ball and hope... Thank the Lord we yeah, don't do Yeah, which anymore. was the weirdest, most negative tactic we could have had. Oh. Uh, and for a coach like Jason Christ to advocate that sort of strategy uh, is just puzzling. I can't wait until Frank Lampard is asked to just hoof it in. Every every Which time, is perfect every time that's brought up, I always go back to the 2010 playoffs. Yeah, the game against Dallas, where we literally did that for 45 minutes straight. Yeah, just get it outside and cross it in against a team that was better than us in the air. Yeah, we, we connected with almost every zero team is better than balls. us in the air. We're not a we're not a team that excels in the air. Ugh. We were doing that last year when we had Plata out there. Yeah, now he can hit a header like. Like, if he's wide open. Yeah, he he can get unmarked well. He can he can, you know, rove around and, and do the necessary things to, to get in those positions. Yeah. Was, uh, and, frustrating, and, frustrating. And don't, for a long time that anymore. And for a long time it was my biggest criticism uh, criticism of Christ. And, oh no, that was always my biggest criticism was at the end of the game, if he was losing, he didn't know what to do. Yeah. Which is if it, if it was a big game, he didn't know what to do. Even the little games it it was not by design that we won those games. Yeah. That we came back. It was by willpower and, you know, these these like immensely positive attributes that these these intangibles we always talk about, you know. Yeah. That that I think are overvalued, but maybe that's just me. I would rather take a player who in the right situation passes the ball well over a player who has a lot of heart. Like, I would rather they didn't care about anything in the world if they made the right pass at the right time. <laughs> Never mind. No, 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 no. Nope. Ask your question. Ask your question. Would you like Luis Suarez on your team? I think that would be a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I think there are some negative intangibles there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, A tendency <laughs> to get sent off for pretty awful behavior. A tendency to get sent off? It's, it's a little unfair. Yeah. I mean, it, okay, it's happened three times. Yeah, but still. three times is way too many. For, for that, but how many times has he got a red card in his career outside of those three times? I'm not sure. Not many, oh, I would say. I know. But, uh, tendency but he, to get sent off is... Sorry, that that's a little bit touchy because that was everybody's criticism of Balotelli when he came over to Milan. And yeah. I was like, no, he got sent off like three times, guys, in his career. Which, yeah. again, now, probably but, not a good thing for yeah. a forward. But it's not like you got sent off every single game. It's not like you got a card every single game. Yeah. You'd go four or five games in a row without even getting a yellow. I know. And Good nobody would notice. Yeah, of course. And all of a sudden he gets a yellow and it's like, oh, well, there goes Balotelli again getting his petulant yellow. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a little petulant. Uh, he, he is. I'm not denying it. He has a big it, head on him and that, that's part of what makes him great. But, it is. Um, where were we going with that? Uh, oh, yeah. We I would about Yedlin and how hype he is. Yeah. But but I'm still RSL tactics. I'd I'd rather take a Ned Grabovoy over a Will Johnson, and I think that's Will Johnson had a lot of heart. He was a brave quote unquote player. He he rushed Hustled. in. 
he hustled. He had, he had a lot of hustle and spirit. Uh, Ned Grabovoi was criticized for not displaying those attributes. But you know who's better on the ball? Ned Grabovoi, every single day. Yes. Uh, you know who creates better chances? Ned Grabovoi. You know who's you know, has scored fewer goals? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Ned hasn't scored a good volley yet. That's true. but uh, <laughs> and, and that's down, I think, tactic, to, to tactical decisions. Probably. Not, you know, playing through the middle, you're always likely to score more goals than when you're playing out wide. You know, yes. even though our our new midfielders play fairly narrow, they're still wider than a, a central player. Yeah. So that's that rant. Uh, twenty four under twenty four is uh, unreliable at best. It's, it's fun. an awful I, metric. I love the twenty four under twenty four. I do. I'm glad that they do it every year. But it is one of those things that it, it gets me fired up, and it probably shouldn't because realistically, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's literally just like the best 24 players under 24 in some order. Yeah. And I would rather they just put him in a hat and drew him because it's going to make... You don't get DeAndre Yedlin up top, but DeAndre Yedlin's the player. Everybody was like, yeah, he's going to get number one, whether he deserves it or not. Yeah. Uh, He is right now the face of the league. For the next, what, three months? Well, depending on if he comes back. Oh, yeah, if he comes back on loan. Yeah, which to which, develop more or something. Yeah, well, like, what's the point if you're going to sign a player and just loan them right back to their home club now? For a year now, it could be related to work permit issues. Like, they may be not at all confident that they would be able to get him in on a work permit, and getting him playing more with the national team over the next year would mean he'd he'd meet that requirement that seventy five percent of games well, for your national team requirement. You say seventy five percent of games, and they the. Uh, FA is talking about changing that? Uh, it's it's not an FA thing. That's actually England law that that creates that requirement. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's just, well, part, I, of, it's just part of... Uh, somebody said things. something about them changing it. Uh, yeah. As far as the, the national team requirement. Yeah. Because I think that's... The, the oh, playing for the national team. Is. I think that's a specific FA thing. Yeah. Um, and but I think they that's have to the have some were... sort of like measurable thing. Right. So... Uh, but, just yeah. because it's a work visa, and, and so you either have to be like one, you have to be one of the top, play, you know, in your field to get a special work permit. Yeah. Uh, to get an O one visa. Yeah. So. I don't Except O one's the American version, but yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> I looked into it once, thinking I wanted to go there and work, and eh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I'd have to be one of the top in my field, and. I think I'm all right, but I'm not, I'm not one of the top. <laughs> well, you're, you're not the top RSL blogger? Hey. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm we're sure not going to start a permit for that. Just go do an RSL blog in England. We're, we're not going to get into a fight with Charles here, <laughs> uh, who I think is the only other. Well, Charles and Heath, uh, the two oh, yeah, other right. active Heath, RSL bloggers outside Heath, of RSL Soapbox. Heath does it for uh, Total MLS. That's the site, yeah. I want to poach him. <laughs> Do it. I hope, he's, I hope he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Heath, we want you... We. I say we like I have any say in this. You do. We want you on RSL Soapbox. Mostly because I hate going to Total MLS. It's not a fun user experience going to that website. Yeah, they're... What's their UI? User interface, yeah. User, is, U, UI, UX is more popular now for user experience. That's the most Apple thing I've ever heard. Oh, no. It's the whole industry. Well, it started at Apple. I don't know if that's No, true. it probably started at, uh, like, Samsung. 
And then it, Apple pioneered it. Something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Apple well, made it popular. Let's uh, let's move on. User experience. Yeah. Golly. Okay, moving on. To what? We're going to talk Vancouver Whitecaps. Let's take a break. And then we'll talk Vancouver. We'll talk Vancouver and uh, we'll talk Sporter Shield. Oh, we already talked about that. No, I'm we crossing didn't. that off the Cross list. Cross Supporter Shield off. Dun, we are done so. That's dramatic chipmunk sound. Yeah. I noticed Even it though was. it was a, like a groundhog. It, it was, was still a prairie dog, wasn't it? Prairie dog, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it'll always be dramatic chipmunk it was, to uh, me. It was a mongoose, right? I still yeah. don't know why it was a, ever, anyone ever thought it was a chipmunk. Do you think they'd just never seen a chipmunk in their life? I, speaking as a guy who has seen a lot of chipmunks in my life, I struggle to believe that no, that they, that many people had never seen a chipmunk before. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, granted, I grew up in small town Utah. Yep. <laughs> so. Okay, let's take a break. All right, take a break. Which way you going, Billy? Can I go to? Which way you Trevor, get off your phone. Uh, not going to happen. Nothing interesting is happening on Twitter right now. It's not going to happen. late evening on a non-match day. It's not a Friday, so news isn't going to leak out. Taylor Twelman's not got anything to, to break. There's no Actually, reason for you to be on Twitter right now. I hope. Unless there is. Is there? I'm, no, there's not. Are you kidding me? Is Merritt Paulson arguing with anybody? Um, Probably not. I mean, I'm not on, so... <laughs> I can't believe you responded to me again. I thought he, you'd think he'd block me by now. You would think so. Maybe he blocked you and then unblocked you. Secretly. Uh, why would he do that? I don't know, but I know that there are people that do that. Really? Yes. Like Grant Wall? Are you thinking of Grant Wall? I'm thinking of people. So Grant Wall <laughs> and his high-ranking sources. <sighs> he can't search his name on the podcast. But he, he might listen. I don't want to be rude to him. He's a nice guy. I'm sure he is. You guys a nice give guy. him such a hard time. It's because he's kind of weird on Twitter. He he gets kind of uppity. Might deserve some of the grief that you guys give him, but I try not to give him actual grief. I just when he does something ridiculous, I you do. Yeah, I try to point it out. And to be fair, when I told him his tweet looked like a sponsored tweet, it looked like a sponsored tweet. You need to go back to that. Oh yeah, that's the last <laughs> time I actually talked to him. He uh, I don't I he posted I see where like, you're coming from. Champions League's odds and then added the like one big sports book. Like that looks like a sponsored tweet. He said this specific sports book oh, at, in at, Vegas. After the fact, yeah, that's what he no, said. No, that that's what it was. That's was the tweet. Well, we can argue about this later, but the tweet was at LV Las Vegas something sports bookie. Yeah. Says that the odds for X game, whatever it was, are at this. Yeah. That looks like a sponsored tweet. That that looks like he's tagging the place that he got the information from. Yeah, it does. But but like any time I see betting and, and soccer, I assume it's sponsored. And I think ninety five percent of the time it is. Might not be inaccurate. And I think it's uh, a little weird. Yeah. I l- Most of the time that I see betting on soccer, it's because somebody's written something on Unibet, and it's a betting preview. Yeah. Which are... Which are journalists pushing their piece, which happens. Yeah. You get that. Well, I, and that's 
they're sponsoring themselves. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... <coughs> I really... I actually listened to a, an interesting thing on the Howler podcast, uh, Dummy, which is a great podcast. 800,000 times better than ours. What uh, podcast? Dummy. From Sounds stupid. No, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> and their their theme song is the Champions League song, but with, you know, this is Dummy, the pod, the podcast. And it's just so good. I'll, I'll play you the theme after we're done. Okay. Uh, anyway. I cannot wait. Great podcast. Listen to it. That's a good segue into our final segment for the night. Maybe, yeah. Second okay, last maybe. segment. No. Depending on who asks us questions. <sighs> if anybody. That's my reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps preview. Vancouver. Yeah, that's basically all I can think about. Uh, I simply cannot wait to paste that song in once again. Is Vancouver going to make the playoffs? No, I don't think so. Are they in a playoff spot now? No. I know you were just looking at them just a minute ago. Who's in the, who's, who are they fighting for the playoff spot? Because I feel like they're in sixth and Portland. the last. But how far behind is Vancouver from Portland? Dos. Two points. Oh, look at me mixing uh, Spanish and Canada. Not something that happens often. It's true. That's an unusual combination. Do. Do. Yeah. Un, do. Mm. I'm, I get lost after three, so I just make noises that, that start with that syllable. Yeah, it's close so, enough. For, I'm telling you. So, 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 just say it in English, but drop off the last. Yeah, everything after the first. All syllable. right, that's fair enough. That's how you speak French. Uh, yeah, they're two points back. Uh, we'll see how that ends up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so they're, they're going close. to be fighting for a playoff spot, so they're going to want a result. Although, funny story, I pulled a refresh on my uh, MLS app. It says that it last updated two weeks ago, but these are definitely the table. This is definitely the table for right now. Well, Get on I mean, your user experience, folks. I'm, uh... <laughs> Look, I'm pulling the podcast oh, together. Oh, boy. It's on like a... Like a callback? I'm like the Grandmaster Flash of the podcast. 37 points they have from 29 games? Yeah. That's garbage. Yeah. Yeah, if they were in the Eastern Conference, they'd be on. They'd also be, on, be outside <laughs> they, looking they in. They would also be outside. <laughs> Which, uh, they would be behind Philadelphia, who's in sixth place. Yeah. Golly, the Eastern Conference has gotten really competitive. Look at the gap between Dallas and Portland. Yeah. Golly. Dallas is. Uh, I figured Portland was terrible this season, but I didn't realize they were that terrible. Yep. Same with Vancouver. Yeah, this is gonna be a cakewalk. Why? Why are we even talking about this game? It, you say that now, <laughs> uh, but like every other game we play, it could be a trap game. In the last two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they have some very talented young players. Here's the thing. That's I'll basically accept, how they they get by. I'll accept trap game in the middle of the season. Yeah. At this point. It can't be a trap game. Yeah, you expect well, okay. a side to put out the fight. It can be a trap game. Yeah, but you would expect Chavis RSL, would be a trap game. You no, I mean just like the last five games of the season when you're potentially pushing for a supporter shield place. Oh, uh, but definitely pushing for a second at least. Yeah, and if we if we end in second, that means like like we are equal equidistant from LA Galaxy and Seattle Sanders right now. Yeah, that's just. That's weird. 
Like we we talk about needing to at least get second, but it'll take exactly the same scenario to get second as it would, you know, for for either team. Yeah. So it'll be uh, but a really really interesting run up. It, it will be. It'll be great. But I, I can't imagine that the team because you got to feel like one of those teams, maybe two of the top three, might drop the ball. And Dallas maybe climbs a couple spots. Or maybe Dallas drops the ball and, and loses. But you, you kind of figure that one or two of those teams might have a poor run-in. Yeah. I can't imagine that's going to be RSL. No, I hope Historically, not. it hasn't been. Which is, it's, it's interesting that we always have that strong finish. We have. Uh, yeah, we, we have we, had. I don't think we've finished it with like five wins. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. Maybe against this, this type of schedule that we have i mean maybe you could say we should maybe but, but we're playing teams like but, desperate to make the playoffs yeah but at the same time oh. that, that's what i mean rsl doesn't doesn't have trap games at the end of the season yeah they know what they need to do they go in and then they do it yeah just like they did against colorado just like they'll probably do against vancouver chivas just next like week you bet they're gonna do against chivas and then they're gonna san do it jose against the chivas week after. again and then they'll do it against san jose portland the week after that Portland is really the only game that I'm... Chivas the week after that? Yeah. And we've got then... Chivas twice out of the last five. Yeah, they break. Yeah. Well. And then San Jose, who's completely out of the playoff of picture. Yeah. So... Don't you love that our last game's on Wednesday? Like the... Don't the, don't the playoffs, like, start that Saturday? No, everyone else plays that Saturday and Sunday. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Give us an extra rest. Yeah, that's... Absolutely. But... Uh, and as long as we get one point from these last five games, we'll be in the playoffs. So, not one point from each game in the last five games. Not five points total. Yeah, one, one point, point and from the right. last five games. So we could lose four and draw one, and we would still be in the playoffs. Yeah, we play San Jose, who look almost out of the playoffs. Chivas, who are. I thought are San they... Jose got eliminated last are, weekend. Are they out of the playoffs? I think so. No, they're they're only uh, they're they have a game in hand and are nine points back from Portland. So that, that they're okay. practically eliminated. Yeah, but you okay. never know. You're right. Uh, Chivas USA, they're, they're actually they they are not technically out of the playoffs. If it would how ta- bananas would that be? That would be the greatest finish of all time. Well, I mean, they'd have to beat us twice, so it would be that great. But <laughs> it would still be really fun. <laughs> uh, yes, they're there. I, I would take it if Chivas beats us twice and gets in the playoffs. Yeah, hands down. I would go for it, guys. Uh, Chivas, I'm not too worried about. Like, <laughs> we could drop the ball if it if we do. It's our own fault, not Chivas yeah. doing anything great. Uh, San Jose, I'm a little worried about. Not because I think they'll be in the playoff running. I think they'll probably be out of it by the time we meet up, or you know, practically out. No, they'll be out. Uh, but like, those are the games where you play young players try, who want to prove themselves. What, like us or San Jose? San Jose. Yeah, we'll probably see Tommy Thompson. Yeah. In a game that doesn't matter for them. Yeah, we'll yeah. still see him. He's oh, a yeah. good player. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Tommy and, Thompson. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, he, he seemed like the hipster choice to make the 24-24. He didn't even make the list, did he? No, he didn't. But he, he's definitely, like, the one that people say to make it sound like they know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the guys that are like, no, listen, I pay attention to the youth. Tommy Thompson's legit. He's the real deal. You know who that, I, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that you hear people that are like, he no, was, listen, I, I watch way more soccer than you. That's 
he was really good for Sacramento. He and I didn't really watch him, uh, but from he was, he was good for people I know who do watch Sacramento, Kelsey Price, of course, yeah, uh, had nothing but good things to say about him. He apparently did really good for Sacramento. He did do really good for the U twenties yeah. that played a month ago. U twenty threes. Was it U twenty threes? The Olympic age. <laughs> Whatever the age group was, where yeah, the skill was he, he played and scored, and Lopez played and didn't score. Yeah, it was that tournament in somewhere? Oh, oh the U twenties then. Uh, yeah. Okay. Or no, Benji did play and score, I think, but Tommy scored more. Okay, so who starts this game? Jaime. You think so? Yeah. I think he earned it after last week. I think he earned it too, but. I think we might see Jaime Sabo. Oh. <laughs> Because I kind of feel like Kassar might be, I say experimenting. It's not really experimenting, but, I mean, to start Sabo. But yeah. that pairing is a pair that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And, and I and, kind of like to. Yeah, I would love to. It, it seems like the perfect pairing. Yeah, now, I, obviously, you can't drop plot on, like, a long-term basis. No, now that I think about it, I realize that that means you have to... You can give him a rest, I think. Yeah, and maybe you give Plata a rest, or maybe you start Plata and sub him off at halftime if you're winning. You know, 60 what, if, if... you know what I wouldn't be surprised to see? What? Uh, Sabo Jaime and Luis Gill in Javi's spot. And maybe Chris Schuler resting. Now, Chris Schuler has had a little bit of a muscle problem. Uh, not a bone problem, so that's good. Which usually means he's going to be rested. Yeah. Uh, rest it, it'll be on turf. Um... All signs would point to Schuler maybe being rested. And that's okay. Carlos Salcedo had a great game. He did. Um, now, obviously, like, like you can say Colorado didn't put in much of a shift after going down 5-1. Uh, but Carlos Salcedo didn't lose concentration. He still played well. Uh, Aaron Mond also came in and played well. So, Yeah, which was... Unexpected, but nice to see. Not unexpected yeah. that he played well. Unexpected no, that it was he played. Little, it was a little unexpected that he played as well as he did. That, yes, that's not what I was trying to say. I just okay. want to make it clear that I did not expect to see Aaron Mott in that game at all. That's him on a halftime. That was a surprise. Yeah. And Schuler is hopefully okay. We'll see. Uh, other people clearly know more about this than we do, and that's why they're paid the big bucks. So, listeners, if you pay us the big bucks, we'll get all the info we for will you. Know. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Actually, if we could be paid full-time... Can we kickstart our own podcast? Yeah, that Soccer Morning scraped by with that. <laughs> and scraped people, by and then failed, ultimately. And then recovered. Well, they picked up a sponsor, so... That was really... I mean, you don't pick up a sponsor without at least trying first, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't see, be surprised to see changes there. Uh, Rich Balchin, I think, is out again. I'm not sure... Yeah. I would be shocked I hate if to we say it, again. but I have kind of written off Rich Balshan. At least for this season. I've, we're not going to yeah. see him again. I don't think so. I mean, unless Winger breaks his foot, or, yeah, somebody breaks his foot, and then somebody else tears a muscle. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I... I would see Carlos Lacedo right back before I'd see Rich Balchan. Probably. Yeah. Well... I think almost definitely at this point. Now, Balchin showed really well when he played. That, yeah, but that's, he's just that's, been plagued by thing. injuries in his career. That's the thing. Like, he has been injured. But that's um, why you keep him around, because he's clearly really he's good. He's a good player. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's really impressive. And then he 
can't play for six months. Yeah. And and maybe you hope that at some point he recovers from that and his body adjusts. And we're not we're not talking about this yet. But when it comes up, I think we might see Rich Balchin not on the team next year. Yeah, we are not talking about the expansion draft. Right? I'm not talking about the expansion draft. I'm talking about the beginning of next season. Oh yeah. Sometime between now and then, he will be traded, cut, signed by another team. Um, contract going to run renewed, out. Yeah. Something. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, as much as I'd love to see him play here and succeed. Yeah. Um, we, we might see him sign for USL Pro Team. Hey, in that, the state. That might be cool. That, ah. that's, that's what I'm really excited about this offseason, is to see what players from MLS yeah. come down to our USL Pro Team. Not just yeah. from RSL, but just all around MLS. Yeah. That are good players, but... Tommy Thompson did really well in USL Pro. Yeah, maybe we can we, sign Tommy Thompson. That'd be good. <laughs> I wouldn't complain. He's the best youth player in the world. He is. Lee. World. USL Pro? World. World. <laughs> I actually really like Tommy Thompson. I uh, do too, but there are... He deserves to play in a system that supports him. Which I think... And we've talked about this, which I think San Jose is working towards. Yeah. They're and not actually, there that, that makes me a little breathe a little easier when we come up against him. Because we struggled against San Jose classic, like... Bash Brothers San yeah. Jose? Yeah. Goonie San Jose? Yeah. Yeah. And they're not that anymore. No, they're not. And I'm rightly so. It wasn't jo- working anymore. It's a joy to see. Yeah. For a number of reasons. It, it's they're... something you can see one season at a time and never again for the next six years. But being in San Jose, we got to make a road trip there next year. I have they open that new stadium. They will. Well, they're going, they, they say they will. Yeah. They have not pushed it back again. So. No, oh, we'll see. I really want to see that stadium. We'll, we'll take separate cars. Alright. <laughs> or we could do a podcast on the road, like we've always talked about with Seattle. And never done? Never done. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Honestly, the, the big problem is just maintaining power to the computer. I just need, a, like, a power inverter. They're not... They're not that expensive. expensive. They're useful. Yeah. For some applications. Then I worry a little bit about driving and recording a podcast. Like, maybe not the best idea. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of have to sneeze now. This is awful. If I sneeze on podcasts, it'll be the worst podcast we've ever recorded. I don't think that that's true. I mean, okay. We've, we've recorded some podcasts with some uh, extra noises before. That's true. Anyway, are we done? Did we preview Vancouver? That's enough for us. Do we? Jeez, we didn't even talk about Vancouver. They're not that interesting. See, here's the thing, though. I really think they are. I think they I think they, they are from the angle that they have a lot of really young talent that isn't there yet but will be in about two years. Yeah. And in two years if they can keep the team together, they will be competitors. With Perhaps so. If Hurtado can get it together, yeah. Kakutamani can get it together and Darren Maddox can get it together. That's a lot of getting it together. It is, I know. And if Russell Tybert can get it together, yeah. a front four with those guys is fearsome. Uh Grisham Kofi can Continue improving. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Gershon Kofi on that list. Uh, 24 into 24. I think I mentioned it before. But I know you did. He is one of the best young holding mids in the league. Yeah. And I think he's only going to get better. I'm, I'm really excited to see him in like three years. Okay. You know what I'm really excited to see? Us play the last game Cheetahs ever plays. Is that us? Is that our final That's game? That's us. Is it in LA or is it here? It's in LA. Oh, no, it's here. Is it here? Yeah. 
Heck yeah. I actually will be missing that one. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a work thing. Yeah. Tell your I'll actually be in LA uh, and coming back that evening. So I Yeah, that is. I, I may be able to make the match. We'll see. That's a home game. Here for us. It's an I, I might join you guys in the tailgate lot. You say um, it's uh, the last game at Chivas USA, but they might be back next year. I'd be shocked if they were back as Chivas. I would be shocked if they were back. Oh, hey, not it's not Chivas. Chivas's last game. It's not Chivas's. No, they play oh. also on Sunday. Who do they play? San Jose. Oh, screw San Jose! Taking away everything we hoped for what? this season. Dicks. That would have made the season great. Any listener questions? Yes, we had one listener question. All right, was it because we tweeted it out um, ten minutes ago? Plenty of time in advance for people to respond. What and uh, wow, we got so many responses. Just, just so many. Uh, oh, you'll s- never guess who it is. Oh wait, we got three. We have three. Holy questions. crap! We had three responses. I was joking. I only saw one. Oh, okay. Well, we have three. You go first. Wes Brown, friend of the podcast, asks if Kassar's changing lineup in Vancouver, who's going to whip in that cross that Dev nods home this time? Balchin. <laughs> uh, Mansali. Velasquez. Gil. Mm, yeah, probably Gil. I'm going right. Gil. All right. But that also assumes that Devin plays, which... I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the bench. I wouldn't be. I mean... Yeah, I would. Uh, you, you give yeah, a I couple would. people a rest. You... I kind of would. Uh, he's scored more goals recently than Olmes Garcia. He's... You mean over the last like three weeks? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Olmes Garcia hasn't scored since that FC Dallas loss. Yeah, but uh, and that one... Devin Sandoval hasn't scored in MLS since uh, uh, Seattle last year in the playoffs. I, he, he's one of those. With a little bit of confidence, I'd be interested to see how he plays. Because his I, second I too, goal but not, was just fantastic. Not at this point in the season. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, we're, we're trying to get Jaime figured out for the playoffs. We're trying to get Savo back for the playoffs. Yeah, We've got Plata who's on fire. We've got Olmez who is not great but good enough, and then we've yeah. got Finley who is probably on his way out. He's a proven. I mean, not on his way out, like of the team. I mean, he's on the downward. He, turn of his career. I, he, he, that's not controversial. This season is not his best. No, but... Uh, but it's still better than Sandoval. He also Sandoval's. had a pretty significant surgery at the beginning. So. Right, but he still had a better season than Sandoval for RSL. Yeah. So, I just... I, I don't... Player too. I don't think we see Sandoval okay. much more this season, if at all. Next question is from Adam Hendrickson. Did you want to read that out? Or do you I'll read this to? one. Uh, okay. This is a two-parter. Okay. Um... Two tweets. Maybe it's not actually two parts. From what we've learned so far this season, do you think Kassar will be more successful as a coach than Kreis? Uh, or at least more successful than Kreis was with RSL? Uh, which is an interesting follow-up. Yeah, because we obviously we're talking about this. Adam did not know that, which makes him very wise indeed. Indeed. Uh, I think Kassar has the potential to be a very, very good coach. Um, do you think he's going to be a better coach for RSL than Kreis? No, it's, that's a good question, but we kind of have to quantify it. Christ, Christ got us to a Champions League final. Yeah. He got us an MLS Cup. Yeah. He got us to an Open Cup final. Yeah, I don't think that counts. Uh, we played every game at home and had to beat two USL Pro teams in extra time. That's that's scrapping it One out. of those teams was NASL. 
Atlanta's that's... NASL. We beat them in overtime. Charleston. But once it got to extra time, we stopped them. Yeah. Oh, At yeah. least Charleston we did. Um, was that the rain game? No, Atlanta was a rain game. Oh, Charleston was, was a game with the keeper that we probably put 30 shots on frame. Oh, and he yeah. only allowed five goals. That's pretty good. Good for him. Um, no, what was I saying? Um, I think... that That's crisis accomplishments yeah. in seven years with RSL. Yeah. Now, um, he did take a team that, that had nothing. Two, two MLS Cup finals, one MLS Cup. Yeah. He took a team from nothing to like being one of the top in the league. In and one I know, season. And I know... Well, maybe not one season, but he missed the playoffs seasons. his first year, made the playoffs every year after that. Yeah. And, and we talk a lot about Garth Lagerwey being the person that... Like the mastermind. And there's a lot of value to that. Uh, but at the same time, like you can't just ignore Jason Kreiss's impact. Now, we can complain about the things Jason Kreiss did as a coach. And we can say, this is where Jeff Kassar is doing better. Um, which we've done. Which today. we, yeah. And I think we're right to point those things out. Uh, but Jason Kreiss was clearly very good. Uh, yes. And it'll take, I think, Kassar some time to really live up to that. Because I think Kreiss is, like, he, he pinpointed Javier Morales. He, like, got us playing in the formation that we've kept year in, year out, successfully. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, we've iterated on that in the last couple of years. And made some changes. Uh, but that, that was a long time coming. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I, th- I don't know if, if Jeff Kassar will be the sort of coach that can take a new team and succeed. Uh, because he inherited the same team as well, last you say, year. you say he inherited, which... Not saying he was he was part of that too. He was there the whole time. Yeah, he was the first coach, the first assistant that Christ hired, and against the rules, we might add against the rules. Um, I'm not saying Kassar had a big part in all that, but he was there. I will say you got to give him credit for being on the bench through the entire seven years. I will say Jeff Kassar in reading an expansion draft list. Uh, list of drafts of which you are and drafting. choosing which draft to go first in? Yeah. I will say Jeff Kassar would probably not screw that up. And if he did screw that up, he wouldn't say, I made a mistake. Can I have it back? For Jason Christ to do that, like, it's just mind-boggling. It's kind of like the, uh, what's his name, Rick Perry? Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't remember the third thing. Oops. <laughs> I don't think it'll kill his coaching career. Obviously. No, I don't think it will uh, either. But it's it's a fun anecdote. Yeah, uh, but like it, it, and I, I mean, like maybe I'm a little facetious about this, but he, like, if Garth Lagerwey were up there, no way that happens. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Garth Lagerwey would know everything in and out. He yeah. know exactly how that list was to be interpreted. Uh, he'd make exactly the decision he wanted to make. Yeah. And if he screwed up, he would either not admit it or admit it and say, well, then rules are rules. That's what I wanted. Yeah. No, it's... um. He could argue his way into it, I'm sure. But that, that's, that's the thing. Like, People made a big deal about that because it's funny. Yeah. Six months from now when they've got a team, it's not going to matter. And well, un- until they don't get the player they want in the Super Draft. <sighs> okay. I can't wait for that to happen. I don't think it will, but... Oh, uh, you, we do you, have you, one more question. We, we have one more? Yeah, no, uh, from, well, from, from we earlier. That one? No, no, from earlier in the week. Uh, from oh, yeah, yesterday, right. actually. Paul Olson, friend of the show, I guess. Well, where's this one? 
uh, asks, oh, there it is. how likely is it that Christ takes Luis from us? And I'm going to say, I have no clue. I'm going to say 0% likely. Really? I think Kassar and Garth, God willing, um, that was God willing that Garth stays, yeah. um, will not allow that to happen. Okay. I, I, I'm sure that Christ would enjoy having Luis in New York. Yeah. And I'm... Luis might be ready for a change of scenery, and he might enjoy playing in New York. And going and shopping at some Armani store. Yeah. And like, getting his grill changed. I could see that being an exciting prospect to Luis, but I yeah. don't think he's unhappy here. I don't... I, I, I don't, is, see, I don't see any reason why, I mean... Lack of confidence and an ability to get playing time? I mean, maybe if he's promised playing time at New York, and we say no... And he has to get a contract renewed from us. Yeah. Which, from what I understand, he doesn't. I actually am not sure. Anyway. But anyway, if, if it's up to the player, maybe. Yeah. I could see it. If it's up to the organization, no, I don't think they allow it. Yeah. Okay, we'll Unless see. Unless we get, like, Frank Lampard or something. Oh, that'd be awful. Why well, would I'm, you even suggest that? Not get Frank Lampard. That's not what I mean. I mean, get something big. David Villa? Get something big. I'd take David Villa. Like an international spot. Ooh. <laughs> a permanent international spot to replace what we lost to get him in the first place. And then David Villa. What are you doing? I'm making noise. Golly, we almost made it the whole podcast. I say that like I haven't been kicking the table throughout the whole show. Okay, I think we're done. Are we done? Yep, we're done. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Hmm. I, I'm hitting stop on the podcast now, Trevor. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What am hold I holding on. on for? Stop. Stop. Uh, I think we might have another question. What is it? Uh, Are you grasping at straws here? <laughs> no, hang on. Let me let me actually do some investigation. Yeah, no, never mind. We don't have another question. Oh, wait, wait. Charles asked, new MLS logo, thumbs up or thumbs down? We talked about that last week. Thumbs sideways. That was our question last week. I scrolled too far. You are repeating questions we already covered. Okay, I'm, I'm We've gotten to the worst. Never mind. I'm, this is the worst we've ever This ended. is the worst we've ever ended. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Sebastian Hyde. Stop it. <laughs>
normal patented answers. Uh, the answer, of course, is Ned. Uh, we forgot to play Ned or Cole. So there's a little Ned or somebody for you. So Ned, Jaime, twins, long lost, brothers, something. Uh, really, I honestly don't know. So back to the song. <laughs> <laughs> 